Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rebooking to Mastery, a podcast where I break down books and analyze some key points and add some insights of my own that I've accumulated throughout the years. I'm, uh, my name is Jagan, and I'm a 22-year-old master's student just trying to disseminate some knowledge out to the rest of the world. So the book that I'm currently looking at is Stillness is the Key, which is a book about finding this calm, cool, unbroken surface of water that really makes up who you really are. And so the first part I'm going to go into is part one, the mind. So let's first examine this this mind space, the part that defines the mind in this case. So a few things to look at. So the mind can be associated a lot with the ego. It can be associated not with the the ego definition of pride, but just another meaning for the mind is just the ego. And so similar to the pride definition of ego, the mind comes with a lot of entrancement in the past and the future and a refusal to accept the present, which is where stillness can be found. So the mind is stuck on analyzing events from the past and looking at everything in hindsight. Similar to those shower arguments you may have with the person you just lost an argument against or projecting to the future. Similar to finding yourself so overwhelmed with everything you're doing that you find solace in happiness at a future point. And stillness is neither found in the past nor the present. It is almost in a sense a subtle coping mechanism that we use to avoid the present. Finding that the past provides some kind of place to reflect from or the future looks at some point of future happiness that we're going to eventually achieve until the goalposts move in both directions once again. And so the concept of the mind and the ego comes with a sense of self-righteousness. The ego revolts against humility it it tries to assume or identify with a kind of form a kind of characteristic a kind of label a kind of box you want to put yourself in it's almost human nature in a sense to want to categorize and compartmentalize ourselves into a sense of box and work within those realms because it's easier to perceive ourselves in said box but one thing that comes with these boxes our self-righteousness. Because when someone challenges us, when someone provides the slightest amount of criticism, when someone pushes back against something we are so firm in, our self-righteousness rises up. And so it's really important to avoid this self-righteousness, like the devil itself. Because nothing in life is as blinding as self-righteousness. The truth, the reality, the objective reality could be right in front of your eyes, staring at you, but your self-righteousness will cloud it with disarray and mistrust. And you'll find yourself worse off than before. So the thing with self-righteousness has association with the concept of the I. It's the me. It's the idea of rugged individualism that is really spread prevalent throughout our society. And so 
we want to do the opposite. We want to see things through our friends, our opponents, our colleagues, or in general, just another person's eyes. We want to shift our perspective so that our eyes are looking at us through theirs. Jay Shetty brings up a very, very good quote that I'm a very big fan of. It's the idea that you are not who you think you are. You are not who other people think you are, but you are who you think other people think you are. Let that sit in for a second and consider that. We're not the characteristics or the qualities that we assign ourselves. We're not the characteristics or qualities necessarily that other people assign to us. We're the characteristics and qualities that we have decided, that other people have decided to assign to us. And so that's the matter of perspective we need to understand. Beyond our own perception of our own selves, looking at other people's perspectives through their own eyes gains you a lot of sympathy and understanding for everyone's plight, everyone's journeys, and everyone's crises. Never corner an opponent, not only strategically, but personally. A cornered opponent will fight with every single breath that they have, and they will cause more irreparable damage to you than not from a strategic sense. From a stillness sense, never corner an opponent because imagine yourself in a perspective similar to that of a cornered opponent. Imagine the learned helplessness, the, the constricting vice that you would feel. Remember that we all face crises and the stakes might be lower for certain crises than others but that doesn't negate the ones we currently face, nor does it negate the reactive response that we usually have to it. To succeed in whatever we do, we do not need preconceptions. We need a sense of presence. We need time and reflection. We should not get distracted by the things around us. And we should take advice, not be so firm on our own convictions that we paralyze ourselves with our deliberation. And so that is the basis of the domain of the mind. It has to do a lot with accepting, understanding, and reflecting. And that's how we will become the best version of ourselves. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Rebooking to Mastery. And join me next time as we continue our journey into stillness is the key. And we explore different concepts having to do with becoming present and limiting your inputs. If you like this content, feel free to drop me a follow on TikTok or Instagram at Mastery the Minds, where I post highlights or clips of my podcast, or drop me a follow or leave a rating on any of these platforms or any comments for feedback or a way for me to improve my podcast in some way, and I'd love to take those into consideration. Thank you so much for tuning in, and see you next time.